You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 70, Labor Day and Mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. We are saying happy Labor Day, Steve. Yep, it's Labor Day. And yeah, once again, like we were talking about in the last episode, August is gone and now we're into September. So before we know it, we're going to be complaining about all the snow and how cold it is out there. So, <laughs> But you still have time for more fishing. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll do that till the, the ice shows up on the lake and then when it shows up, I have an ice hut. For ice so fishing. So I can ice fish. <laughs> well, today we're talking about Labor Day and mold. What What's the connection between the two? Well, for the, it's kind of a, a difficult podcast to come up with ideas on. But, um, you know, when we talk about Labor Day, you know, most of us think about fishing and barbecuing and, you know, camping and being outdoors. Um so when you think about that kind of stuff, you know, I think about moldy sleeping bags and moldy tents and moldy RVs. And, you know, if you go stay at a cabin, it's you rent, you know, being exposed to mold there. If you have a cabin you own, you know, is there mold there? So, um, you know, ironically, it's uh, I just went and looked at a cabin that's got a mold issue in a crawl space. Not that long ago, I went and looked at another cabin up at the lake that has mold in the ceilings and not that long ago I went and looked at another cabin that has mold in a crawl space so we, we actually and of course where we're at a lot of people have cabins around here uh, what do we call them snowbirds snowbirds yep yeah they most most of them are retired people they live in Arizona or Alabama or wherever it's nice and warm in the winter <laughs> and then come here for the summers and the last thing they want to do in their retirement years is come up here and be exposed to mold in their cabins. So, so yeah, that's, you know, that's what I think about. Another thing I think about 
uh, we just had it happen here a couple weeks ago. I was barbecuing and I hadn't cleaned out the barbecue. I don't know if I've cleaned it out since we bought it, but there was such a film on the bottom of it and it started on fire and it was like, it kind of was, it was actually a safety issue. You know, I had to move the barbecue away from the, uh, from the house, but so yeah, you know, things like that, you know, we'll talk about making sure you have your barbecue clean and in tip top shape and you're not being exposed to mold on Labor Day. So when people are, because I don't think people think about camping in mold or staying in a cabin in mold or any of that kind of stuff, or even fishing in mold. Fishing is a pretty wet endeavor between the boots and the gear. And so, so what, what should people know? Well, with, with fishing, you know, it's funny because there's really not a whole lot it has to do with mold. But like you said, you know, the guys like like myself, I have uh, I have hip waders, and if they're obviously not supposed to get wet on the inside, that's the whole point. But if they get wet on the inside, and I just throw them in a bag and let it sit there, it's the worst thing you can do. You're going to have a mold issue, and uh, you know wherever wherever you're taking those uh, waders off and putting them on, you know if you're doing it out in outside you're really not going to expose much but even you're still exposing yourself to it so so there's not a whole lot that has to do with mold and fishing i just like talking about fishing (laughs) but people don't think about mucking boots people don't think about hip waders people don't think about even little kids bringing things from a fishing thing in the house and then it gets on the carpet and then the carpet gets wet and then Right, because right. everybody's you, looking at those things. So you you can you know cross contamination something we talk about quite often, and you could be transferring whatever type of molds from, like you said, from the tent or sleeping bag or kayaks or canoes, whatever, mm-hmm. into your home. Well, you typically wouldn't have that mold type in your home. Well, now you have that mold type in there, and w- once it's in there, whether whether it's a native mold type that's you know typical molds around here we could go you know we could go to utah or idaho or montana or wherever and there's different mold types there we can go over to lewis lake over the mountain and there's different mold types so what you're pretty much doing is is you're introducing those mold types right into your home it's kind of it it reminds me of something speaking of fishing those of our listeners that have boats you notice, you know, and I've pointed them out to you every once in a while, there's those boat check stations, especially when we're coming from Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we hit Evanston, you have to pull over. A lot of times we see it in Kemmer. Mm-hmm. And what they're looking for is invasive, uh, like, I don't know if it's snails or I don't know what, what they're looking for. But it's because they don't want you to bring stuff from a lake in Utah into Wyoming. Okay. And so it's the same concept, if that makes sense. Okay. So cross-contamination. What about, I mean, you know, you mentioned um, camping. I, what do you do if, first of all, are people in RVs enough to be able to detect a mold issue if there is one? Of course. Okay. Mold, like I've said before, obviously mold affects everyone differently. So you can have an immediate reaction to mold exposure. There, there's times like I was just talking about that cabin I went and looked at the other day, going down into, it was kind of a basement, half of it was basement, and the other part was crawl space. Just coming down the stairs, you could smell the mold. And the longer I was down there, you know, you can, like, you can feel you're getting stuffy or you get a headache. So you can have an immediate reaction to mold. So, of course, yeah, in an RV, 
you know, we, we obviously don't camp in an RV. We, you, you call it, uh, or I call, I guess call it glamping. You won't, you won't camp in a tent or anything. No, so. no. <laughs> no ground sleeping for me. <laughs> but anyhow, um, you know, there's people that have RVs that, you know, that are camping all the time. So, so yeah, even if you're just, I don't even care if it's an overnight and you're just going and staying in your, your friend's RV, they could have a mold issue in there and, and yeah, you're, you're, you're exposed to it. So it is something you should be concerned with. And when people think about, you know, the ways in which mold can happen in an RV, I'm assuming it's because if the RV has a sink, and they splash water around, but don't clean up after it. We've talked about this on many episodes. That could cause a mold issue over time. If they bring in their wet boots or their wet gear into the RV, and then it gets into the flooring or the sub... that. So there are many right. ways that mold can be in an right. RV, I guess. Right. I mean, it, you know, there's some people that love to, to camp at the lake, you know? And it's, so if you're, you have your... You know, you, you have your kids or yourselves coming in off the beach and you're just consistently bringing in that moisture that can cause an issue. Uh, speaking of stuff like lakes, you can have a mold issue in a boat. Mm. Um, same concept. And, uh, you know, the worst thing you can do on a boat is to cover it up right after you, you load it up on the trailer and haul it home. And I know, I know a lot of people want to cover their boat to haul it, but you need to, when you get home, take that cover off and let that boat air out. Cause obviously there's going to be water in it, Yeah. but a trailer. Um, well, you know, this, I, I have a client that, uh, has an issue in a sprinter van. Oh, that's right. And, and what's happening is, is it's coming up from, from the floorboards. So the manufacturer of it, um, it's a defect. I guess that's the best <laughs> way to, to say it. So, for our listeners, you know, more or less in the snow or in the rain, when those tires hit the, the water on the road, it kicks it up to the, the floorboards in, in a vehicle and the same concept with an RV. So it could be coming up from there. Um, it could be a roof leak. It could be all sorts of issues. And RVs are notorious for having roof leaks because most RVs are designed where you don't get up and walk on the roof. Yeah. It's too thin, you know. Think of like our tool trailers. Exactly. It's too you can't walk on no. top of those. They're just—it's so thin; it would damage it. So most people don't get up there and look. And of course, I do. I <laughs> every year I seal the top of those trailers. But it's you know, there's there's many ways that you could have have moisture inside an RV, and it you just, like everything else, you just got to pay attention to it, which. Most people, we're so broke, we can't pay attention. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, I think it's also about being, I mean, you talk about this situational awareness and being vigilant. I think of situations where, um, you know, you go camping in a tent and it's raining. What do you do with that wet tent when you're getting ready to go home? Or kids swimming in the lake with their swimming trunks and their, you know, but people think put it in a bag. But if you forget about that garbage bag that you put that wet stuff in, aren't you creating the humidity and the environment within yeah. that garbage bag for mold to just flourish? Yep. It's, it's no different than what I, what I, uh, always refer to or the analogy I use with mold on bread. What do I usually say? It'll grow in there as long as the bag is closed, it's closed and exactly. sealed. Once you open it, it won't because it can air out. Yeah. And so, so that's a great point where, um, you know, we, we all do it. You know, maybe, maybe you're just out of town staying at a hotel and the kids come back from the pool 
usually, you know, you try to wring them out the best you can, put them in the in the bathroom and let them hang dry. But by the time you leave, they're never dry. So what do you do? Put them in a bag. Just throw them in a plastic bag. Well, if you forget about that, yeah, it's, you might as well just throw that whole bag away. And, and, and our listeners should know this. And I'm going to ask you a question. And I'm, hopefully you know the answer. How long does it take for mold to start reproducing? Oh, that's within 48 hours. 48 hours. Good yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> um, and hopefully our listeners know that, but it only takes 48 hours. So you could be on a one-week trip and, you know, four days into it is the last time you use your swimming trunks. You put them in that bag. By the time you get home, it's just a nasty smell. Well, that bag could be in your car, so then you're being exposed to it in your car. So wow. it sounds extreme, but but it's that's that's just what happens. You know, and it like I remember... Uh, you know, camping as a kid, if it rained, um, my dad was, both of my parents were pretty, they weren't big on like indoor air quality, but they were big on if, if it had rained and that tent hadn't been dried out, we would set it up in the yard when we got home just to let it dry out. So, yeah. so that is something you need to keep in mind that, like I said, it, it's not always just, you know, hip waders or a tent or hopefully your sleeping bag's not wet, but um, but it's stuff like swimming trunks too. If you're not even camping, what if you have a little kid who's in a sleeping bag and they pee in the sleeping bag? You know, a three year old. I mean, that could cause a mold problem, couldn't it? Or no? Um, it technically no, but so what's crazy? Obviously, this is that's a little more of out of my league. But urine obviously has water in it. Yeah, and uh, we have we've seen like on mold jobs where pets just have peed a lot, like in one spot, and it has caused a little bit of a mold issue. But the chemicals, I think, in urine, I don't think would allow it. Now, um, you know, it, it, that's a good question. But I, for the most part, yeah, it could because there's moisture or a liquid. Right. Or even with little kids with a sippy cup sleeping with a bottle and the bottle spills in the sleeping right. bag. I guess the awareness is if there's moisture. Moisture, period. That soaks something, then it should be right. cleaned and aired out. As long as there's, if if there, if if the humidity is allowed to get over 60%, so mold has to have 60% or higher for mold to grow, that's not where it's ideal. You have to have that. And I say that because most people don't realize that. Like mold cannot grow. If it's the humidity's below sixty percent, it's yeah. it's not possible. Yeah. It's, that doesn't mean there's not mold spores there. It just can't reproduce. Okay. So you know, because like we've said, nat- we naturally have mold in the air, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's where you draw the line: is 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 the humidity low enough so you don't have infestations? So yeah, going back to what you were saying, it's no different. We've talked about cars and mold. And yeah, when you have a child, let's just say, uh, you know, with the sippy cup, and we know how kids are, and you know, we, when we were raised, we didn't have sippy cups. Yeah. So, um, but if, if they're constantly, you know, and you're you're giving them obviously even apple juice, you know, it's it's moisture so that you know it, you can have mold grown. And, and and the reason I bring that up is, oh, we've probably all encountered the whole you. You find a sippy cup underneath the bed or the crib or something, and there's mold growing in there from their apple juice. But but you've got to pay attention to that because the biggest concern, going back to like an RV or a boat, when you're consistently giving it moisture, you might not see it, but there's probably mold growing, you know, underneath the carpet or or the the floor, 
in a boat or an RV, and, and the floors for the most part are wood. Yeah. The subfloors sub is what I'm saying. Okay. And so you're just consistently feeding something, and you have no idea you're doing it. Yeah, that's a that's. A, so what would you say is a, a call to action for people as they're sort of winding down on their camping fishing season? Just make sure you get everything aired out properly before you store it. You know. Like I said, it's it only takes 48 hours, so make sure you're not taking your wet tent. And, you know, it's this time of year. This might be, you know, the last time they go camping and for the year. They throw that in storage, and they go back to it next spring, and it's full of mold. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, from a professional's point of view, you just throw that tent away, period. Um, now, if it is, you know, people can clean up mold if it's smaller than 10 square feet. I don't like to say that to anybody. And so for our listeners, I want you to know any mold concerns should be addressed by a professional. But per the EPA and our certification standards, it states if it's smaller than 10 square feet, uh, you can clean up mold. But we, I think we've talked about this before. I, I don't think, can you, do you remember a job I've ever told you about that we've done and we did only what we bid on? No. <laughs> Just because no. it doesn't happen. No. You, once you start tearing stuff apart, there's a lot more. So if you think you have only nine square feet of mold and you can take care of it yourself, trust me, there's more mold behind that and you're going to chase it for a while. And by the time you figure that out, you've probably exposed everybody into your in your home to whatever mold types are, are growing in there. So, so just make sure you're airing everything out properly and, you know, just don't throw wet gear in, uh, in any bags. There, is, there you have it. And... Get your last bit of fishing and camping in before it gets cold. Yeah, yeah, because I know here we just hit, we're, we're just hitting our freeze. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, and our listeners know where we live, we live at a fairly high um, elevation. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's going quick. So we were all, we were all uh, whining about how hot it was just a few weeks ago, and now it's going to start getting chilly. Yes, so. it is. So, yep, enjoy the time you have left uh, this fall for outdoors. There you go. We will catch you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.